I'll call this June 2022 meeting of the Housing and Community Development Commission to order. Uh, we'll start with a consideration of the meeting minutes from our May meeting. Uh, do we have any uh, comments or corrections or would we like to go to a motion? I wasn't here, so I don't feel comfortable making the motion. Oh, I'll make the motion. Yeah. <laughs> to approve minutes? Yeah. Do we have a second? I'll second that. So we have Kyle and uh, Carol. Good. All in favor, say aye. 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 They were in a good font. <laughs> uh, any opposed? After a year of being chair, I've never learned the fine art of speaking into the microphone, so I'm still working on that. Uh, we'll go on to number three, public comment on items not on the agenda. Uh, so I'll uh, remind everyone that we have introduced public comments for items that are on the agenda, and I'll remind myself again to call for those on items uh, four and five. Uh, but before that, do we have any public comments for items that are not on tonight's agenda? We do not. Uh, number four, this is our discussion of the city's affordable housing action plan draft and uh, as with particular notice on the recommendations related to this commission. So in, in your packet, there was quite a bit of information that pertains to uh, a historical discussion, a past discussion that we had on the preliminary um, recommendations. I, I hope everyone enjoyed that. It was a, it was a festive discussion. I, it's nice to look back at that. But uh, this discussion is, that's just for historical information. This is about the final um, plan that, that was included as a link. So uh, do we have any comments on that? Yeah, I, uh, I, watched, the, I watched Tracy's presentation. Um, I thought it was great um, as far as what the plans put together as far as things for council to to act on I, I think they hit important things um, I, I I think the only thing that struck me odd was there's one section out of it about like staff should really make recommendations to HCDC before we have discussions on stuff like that was one of the, rec the things and I just thought that was weird because you guys have always given recommendations to us. At least as long as I've been here, I've never not had a decision without a recommendation from staff. So I thought that was a lot. And there was some discussion about wanting us to be more transparent. I think, I think Erica might have historical information on that because I don't think you have always made recommendations to yeah, I think part of it is the aid to agencies, which we haven't gone through in about three years, so that will be this fall. I don't think historically um, we've given staff recommendations for that program. I know we did in the most recent round. Um, and I'll also note that um, in one of the recent rounds, staff gave recommendations, but the commission chose to ignore the recommendations. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it was referring to that program. I think CDBG and Home, we have historically always given a staff recommendation um, in that, some way or another. That was the only part of that presentation that I was like, wait, like I'm on that committee. Like, well, I'm I, pretty I, sure I've heard, I, I've heard we recommendations. We had that discussion oh. in the very first meeting. I have a and comment. And there are people oh. who didn't want recommendations. I know I did because I just thought it was foolish not to have staff, 
you know, give us their thoughts on things, mm -hmm. you know? Well, historically, um, for someone who's been involved in the process for many years, um, staff never, the, there was a time where the commission said, no, we don't want staff recommendations. Okay. Um, I really believe that it's very important. I think the staff are hired because they're educated and experienced, right. and they know they know the rules. Yeah. And I think that this is great that we're a volunteer commission, but you know, planning and zoning does it. Right. Yeah. So I I think it's a great recommendation. I just think historically it wasn't. And that that was my like I said that was my only confusion when I was watching the video because I only have a couple years of being used to having staff give recommendations and either we agree or we don't but yeah it's always there so um I thought the plan's great. I mean, I, I mean, obviously now it's going to come down to council and staff having to figure out all the parts that finding the funding and making it work. Uh, you know, three percent increase every year, fantastic. Um, you know, uh, obviously from the private landlord side, I, I, I that discussion of of the the risk mitigation fund to help mm -hmm. offset some of those risk concerns from landlords who don't take HCV, very important. I mean, uh, we've been beating that drum from the Greater Iowa City Apartment Association for 10, 15 years. So um, I loved the discussion in the the, uh, the LIDIC, I'm not gonna say that right, L-I-H-T-C. LIDIC. LIDIC, like I love the discussion about uh, taking away the zoning requirements that if it's on a certain arterial road that it doesn't have to go through a, a secondary request that if it's affordable housing I like the fact that they can put the talking about expansion to four bedrooms um, right now I guess the and I didn't know it until Tracy talked about it which is right now the national thing is four or five but Iowa City has a rule that light tech can be more than three which I can tell you how many families we cannot house because there are more than six people in the family and I can't put them in a three bedroom. So I think it's great. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any real issues from my, from my side of thing. I thought it was, well, I, I will go back to, I still think it's weird. It's bypassing us entirely, but um, yeah, I thought it was, I, I thought it was a good report. I, I haven't read through the whole thing. I printed it out today, but I did watch the video and yeah, I thought Tracy's presentation was spot on. So other issues about the allocation like about the, the inconsistent scoring and stuff like that is there a history someone can share i can't hear you very well I'm sorry i was asking about the other issues in this letter about how the funding is allocated um like the inconsistent scoring or lack of experience or things the other items the, the second of the two recommendations about about uh, hcdc right or yeah. any of the others beyond the that we yeah. ignored staff well, I mean, to, to share a brief history on that, basically, we, we have, uh, it refers, I believe, to the aid agencies funding, and um, every two years now, we, we do that, and um, there's usually some sort of imbalance in the amount of funds so that we have to decide what to do with the rest of the, the money, and this becomes contentious. Do you give it all to the high-scoring agencies? Do you spread it evenly? Do you give it, to, in one case, I believe, to the low-scoring agencies? So uh, that, that, I believe, was a recommendation that we set some sort of consistent process for that, which I would agree with and would recommend strongly that all of you do that next time you do aid to agencies funding. Is, 
Was that referring? Was that recommendation referring to aid to agencies or the home funds? Because I, I I thought it was aid to agencies. It was just, that it I, didn't rec- sure. They didn't specify. It okay. was just vague. At least in Tracy's presentation, it, it, it didn't might, specify. Right. It might be more specified in here. I don't know. I, I, I took it to be about aid to agencies, but I could be well, could be wrong. If you recall, the beginning of our year, you know, we were um, challenged with the issue at uh, Little Creations. And I think you actually were the one that told me that there were a lot of concerns last year whether or not they could actually complete the project. Yeah, for sure. But they yeah. got the funding anyway. So mm-hmm. I guess that's what I was thinking about. I, I see. I, I mean, I think I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I do think that there are problems with the scoring and the funding and have tremendous problems being on the other side of the table for years, just um, tremendous issues with decisions that this commission made mm-hmm. um, about who to start with. <laughs> you know, why, why be a high priority agency if the commissioners were going to decide to start with a low priority? But, but that's an agent, aid to agency issue. And I hope that we can tackle that next year because that's the reason I'm here. And if we don't get to it, I'm going to be frustrated mm-hmm. um, because I want to see some changes. And, and I think the only process. reason we didn't, we didn't tackle it this year was just because we didn't have a round. Uh, but I, I think you definitely should tackle it next year. But, but I am curious about this question. Is, is there some sense that that second, second recommendation wasn't about aid agencies? I just I thought it clearly was. I, just <coughs> I thought it wasn't because it came out in that report. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the things that Becky has mentioned, things mm-hmm. that have happened in the past, they, that um, agencies have expressed that they want to know how it, the scoring is going to take place. Right, um, yeah. I know other, like the... Human Rights Commission, they, the way they score it is that if you get the highest score, you get your full allocation. They kind of just work their way down with the scores. Yeah. Whereas yeah. we might, with CDBG, CDBG and HOME especially, we might um, weigh other factors yeah. um, like we have in recent funding rounds. Um, yeah, I think I, I would say this is mostly from aid to agencies, but I, okay. the commission would have to decide how they want to score that. And I will yeah. note that at your next meeting in July, we are going to have the scoring criteria and the application for aid to agencies because that's starting up soon. So those decisions will have to be made next month ahead of that funding round. So that that's the opportunity then to tackle that next month. Um, good Good luck. Can I, can I go on the record to say that both of those I ignored entirely because I think they're junk? I, I think you're never, if, if you have a committee of people who are going to sit down and have discussions as a community as to, as to making the best decisions, you can never have a completely non-subjective scoring system that just outlines, well, if this rule happens, this, I just, I think it's, I have been on this for a couple of years. I have never seen us not be able to come to some kind of common agreement. And I know that's not historically true. I know in the past I've heard there have been other problems. I guess maybe I've just been blessed that we have sat here and I have, even in those times that we have made some decisions to throw money maybe to some of the lower scores because we want to give them a chance. I think in every single in situation, even the ones I don't always agree with, it was the right thing to do as a committee. I, I, so I sat there and I listened to Tracy talk. And, and here, I, Becky, I, Becky, I'm coming from a standpoint, I've never had to be out here begging this, begging this committee for money. So I've never had to feel let down or cheated or 
screwed over because of this of a decision here. So I'm coming from purely a citizens committee member viewpoint of we're sitting here and trying to make the best decisions to recommend to council for how money spent. And so I was when Tracy made both those comments and was up on the board. But, but I mean, I, I would say even if, I, and I, I agree with you, you can't specify every rule in every scenario, but, but there is one specific scenario that, that we've seen that, that a couple people have mentioned that we could specify, how to, how to deal with that aid agency money in particular. And have um, I not done aid agency yet? Yes, you have. But I, I, I want to respond to that. Kyle, I think last month. Oh, no, I wasn't on the, that first time around. I wasn't here. Oh, you were here the last time. Anyway, this, this last little group a couple months ago. Yeah, okay. Uh, the legacy uh, and the. I want to. I want to respond to what Kyle said. I believe last month you, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you were talking about. I remember a conversation hearing something um, like, if the city really wants to help, take a look at the number of times the approval process for zoning for permits or. You know, you're talking about ways in which, you know, the city could help landlords, you know, make it a little bit cheaper, you know, for landlords to be able to rent out housing and things like that. I learned from you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the housing side, so I learned from you. I want you to, I don't want to hear that a funding process is junk because it's, it's not just begging for money, but it's the livelihood. And last week, I specifically asked, or last month, I specifically asked the agencies um, with regard to, to their, their pay that they have to give to their employees. So their direct care workers, I think Shelter House went from pre-pandemic at $11 an hour to post-pandemic, or well, if we're post, I don't know, now, <laughs> to $15 an hour. That is what, a 40% increase? It's gotta come from somewhere. And I think that we have a responsibility to take a good, hard look at that. And if we're, we can't be just a group of citizens, if, if we need help in, in figuring out how to come up with the best funding model possible, how to make those decisions, let's get it. Let's get some training, let's do whatever. But I think that um, agencies are counting on us. It's a chunk of money. That, that I, I guess I'm confused where I'm not agreeing with you on that. Well, My I, statement I, is what we have been doing is learning from each other. When I sit down and I listen to you guys, Marianne and you, and find out what, the, what, what matters to these agencies, it does help me. My statement is simply the way it was presented was that we just subjectively randomly throw dice into a bowl and we oh. pull that's the way it was presented in that presentation was the implication that we are just randomly and my statement was i i simply ignored that part of the presentation because i have sat here for two years and listened and had agencies come in and had professionals like yourself explain why things are important to go certain places i'm not saying that we can't clean up or clear up or make rules. I'm simply saying I ignored that part of the presentation because of the way it was presented, which was the implication that oh, we were just I'm randomly sorry. throwing I, I didn't throwing catch things that a hat in the air kind of thing. You were talking about so. the presentation that was written in Tracy Heitchew's presentation, okay. yeah. Okay. So, because okay. these were, she had like a grid I and these. That I mistook. <laughs> I thought you were saying you ignore this no, no, part no, no, of no, the no. funding process. No, she had really a grid important. up and there were like three things were, that were HCDC it, it, recommendations. It sounds like you're, 
it sounds like you're objecting to the the heavy impression given that right. that um, if you don't specify every single tiny scenario, you're just in some endless subjective pool. Well, once again, it was just well, the I implication. I, I also I, object to that, and I noticed that it, it was toned down quite a bit from the preliminary okay. uh, report. Yeah. And I think last year during the process, I was impressed how the commission really tried to get it as non-subjective as possible. And I think that's the message we can get to Tracy and to the council. Right. I mean, uh -huh. it's, not, it's never going to be perfect because we don't have enough money. But, you know, it's... It's much improved over the last 30 years, Kyle. Yeah. No, and I apologize, uh, Beck. I, yeah, I was not making reference to how we, I was making a reference on what that presentation that I watched for city council that I was just kind of, when those two popped up and they started kind of ex referencing Almost, it almost seemed like it was a slap in the face of the people that are sitting here that are doing the work because it was very much like, oh, they don't, you know, like staff doesn't make recommendations and they don't really, you know, like they just kind of randomly make decisions on, and yeah. So. yeah. No, I, didn't get, I, I, turned, I, I turned my ears off yeah, about halfway through I heard, that. So. I listened to Tracy and I, I didn't get that sense, Okay, so. good, good, good. And I know that when, poor Brianna, when I was doing applications um, I think I, she I would call her every five minutes okay I got another problem <laughs> here how do I score this one because you know, this and this and this one of the things that I thought would be helpful is I, I think it's been really helpful having the agencies come in and give us progress reports mm -hmm. but I'm real curious about the ones we've just funded and so I want to see some regular whether they're written reports whether they're quarterly reports and if we can have some sort of synopsis mm -hmm on those and I think one of the things I want to see is I want to see um, because I take a look at an agency in terms of what they said they were going to do and what they actually did now I'm not saying you have to be spot-on because nobody can be spot-on and the city is really good I think city staff is really good about creating contracts for agencies with a little bit of uh, wheel room <laughs> for lack of a better word but I would rather than have, and, and I know that the Little Creations um, situation came in right as I was coming on, but I'd, I'd like to see, you know, hopefully they're regular, and you guys may be already doing this, I've just been here a year, regular reports in terms of, you know, who's doing what, like are they hitting their, their markers um, that they told us when they were applying for the money that they, they wanted to hit. So I'm constantly going to social media and, and trying to watch and, and, and see what they're doing because I'm just interested in, in if they're hitting those markers or not. So. Well, can I back yeah. up just a little oh. bit and ask you, is this on? Yes. Okay. Um, can I ask when the presentation was that Tracy gave, was that to city council? It was at the city last city council meeting. Oh, it, it was the, the link that was in our emails, the video link to the YouTube. The it started at, hmm. was it the work part? Yeah, it was, it was I don't know, 20. The, the work session, but yeah. What was that for, I think? You're not on mic. I was just well, saying it was the there work. Was a second oh, link on a shorter, which was a blast from the past because Kingsley was a councilman, and I think I saw Andy Johnson in in the audience, so from the county. So, did you see that little one? There was some some sort of like five minute promo type thing on the, on the city's decision back in what 2016, 17. 
to for the program oh i watched that one yeah. also yeah carol i just i oh. i just watched tracy height shoes presentation maybe it was for the she's saying from it the was, earlier uh, just trying to remember that coming in my emails and oh, it was in it Oh, it was on my agenda. Yeah. The, yeah, the I can resend it to you, Carol. Yeah. yeah. I can send it to you. Oh, I'll that email would be it to you. helpful yeah. for me because then I would understand what mm -hmm. they're talking about. Sure. I mean, basically, yeah. she was uh, she she went through the the um, plan in in PowerPoint form and then expanded on a few points. Was, mm -hmm. was, but the the information itself was mostly from the from the um, plan. Can I, can I make a comment about what you said, Becky, about um, us trying to make sure that when applicants are allocated money and the, the projects are being implemented, that you want more information about progress and stuff? Um, I, I honestly think that's the job of the staff. And I think that when, when the, um, if, they, if the staff have concerns, they bring it to us. But, they're receiving the, the quarterly reports. They're monitoring the projects. And it just sounds to me a little bit like microman. Our, it's not our role to monitor I guess constantly. Every, I mean, yeah. every applicant come in every quarter. That's, you know, it's a lot of work. No, and I'm not talking about that. It could even be just a, a brief report. But I just, I don't. I want to know that I have serious, some serious concerns about some of the applicants and whether or not they can meet their milestones. I really do. And um, I am not asking to see the quarterly reports, um, but I'd, list, I'd like to know, even if it's a, just a report in, in like a staff report, like I might have done a director's report for my agency yeah, yeah. type of thing, just <clears throat> something in okay. there. Uh, I just want a brief thing. I don't want to have the agencies come in all the time. That's not what I'm suggesting, but I'd like to get a little bit of information about whether or not some of the projects are, you know, hitting their milestones. I think the, the year end reports that we collect would be more helpful than quarterly. Okay. Um, if that's something you guys want to see, we can put those on the website or get them to you otherwise. But yeah. we do review those. Um, for aid to agencies, I look at the quarterly reports before I give their next payment just to make sure they're reporting and still doing everything. Um, then we get um, year-end reports from those agencies. And we kind of, I do a report where it shows how many they've served. It doesn't have a ton of detail, but it's just kind of a total count of how many we served with that funding, which I can provide to you as well. I um, think that would be helpful, okay. yeah. Whatever you okay. think would be best. Um, I'm not going to say I want this or that, but, but mm -hmm. I think it would be helpful to get some sort of information. Yeah, so our yeah. fiscal year okay. is ending um, the end of this month. So like in a month or two, we'll have all those right. reports. <laughs> Back to the Affordable Housing Action Plan. So I just want to go on record to say that I think it would be really wonderful <laughs> if they would get rid of the affordable housing location model. And I know that there's people on the council and there's people on staff that have heard me say that for many years. But and that was recommendation number one. Yes, by it them. was. I agree wholeheartedly. So, yeah. so on on the action plan, on the the things that that uh, directly apply to us, I, I thought both recommendations were good. Um, I, I think that the first one we've we've already been implementing and, and trying to implement, which is that we see staff scores before we. We do the CDBG home. I've uh, been trying funding. to. Oh, sorry. Oh, I've been trying to educate hmm. myself on all of this, and 
Um, I'm not sure that I read anywhere what the model is and why it's not working. Mm -hmm. So is, well, is there let an me, easy Let me, let me hand you this. I printed out the actual. Is there an easy explanation? <laughs> yeah, this first paragraph very well explains it. Wonderful. Hmm. Um, and I just, I printed out the whole thing. It's this, what you can get online, but. Hmm advantage of having a copy in my office. Uh, the, this, the second recommendation, uh, insofar as it applies to aid agencies, I would encourage you to uh, implement it, you know, some sort of process for that. Um, I, I agreed with every word uh, of, what, of what the recommendations say about us, with the notable exception of the following sentence. <laughs> Discrepancies with staff scores should be included in the final recommendations to city council. No, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. Um, Read that again. <laughs> discrepancies with staff scores should be included in the final recommendations to the city council. Uh, if the commission is functioning properly, you should have already considered staff scores when you make a recommendation to the city council. You, you receive the staff scores, you, you take those seriously, you do your own scores, you have a discussion. That includes staff scores as well, that discussion. And if that goes to city council, both your recommendation and, and staff scores, then staff scores are just counted twice. Right. Uh, so I, I would, I would uh, encourage you not to send staff scores to, uh, to city council. So it, it's just going to put you in conflict with staff. If you disagree with staff scores, you'll spend all your time fighting staff. Whereas it's your job as a commission to send scores to the city council. That's what you do. So the question I have, not knowing the background on that, how did how did that come about? I mean, why why what happened to make that a recommendation? Because something must have happened where staff scores were higher, were maybe, and commission. Carol, you can keep that copy if you want. Different decision, bad decision. I, I, I can print another one tomorrow. Listen. Uh, I, I don't. I don't exactly know. I, I know that it was a. It was a topic of preliminary. Uh, the preliminary recommendations. Uh, it seemed to be more the point about the subjectivity of scoring processes and things like that, and the the expertise question. Um, uh, th there was some thought that. I mean, I don't want to get into cynical reasons. I mean, they might just want staff to do the scores, you know, but I don't, I don't want to get into that. <coughs> I think you may have a comment from the public, um, but yeah. I, also, I also could comment on this if you're, if it's <laughs> appropriate for you. Go ahead. Um, so I don't know if it's the scoring that's really the, the situation with staff, but there's been a couple instances and in projects that you guys have reviewed where we had to recapture funding where staff recommended against the project, and we spent a year and hours and hours and hours of staff time on this project to not have any accomplishments <coughs> or any outcome or any spending. Um, so. If there's a discrepancy and staff's making a recommendation against a project, I think council should be considering that because it's based on our knowledge of the federal programs and the timelines and the capacity of the agency. I don't know if it's really the scoring in particular, but there's there's certain things that we're looking at where we know a project might not be able to move forward, and that's going to be a lot of our time uh, used where we could be putting that towards other projects that can move forward. Is that information that you share with this commission before it goes to council? Yeah, if we had a recommendation like that, we would we would do a memo. Usually we have a memo with our recommendations kind of explaining things that you can't really tell from the score. So um, you guys would have that information as well. I, I, could, I could see there being a case for sharing a specific staff recommendation against funding 
a particular agency on certain grounds. That, that, that makes sense, that's defensible. I, I wouldn't send all staff scores. And I wouldn't send all recommendations. I would only send that kind well, of Well, they get all of our minutes, Matt, so they can read. Hmm. They can read this. They can see the scores. They can see the hmm. recommendations. They can, they can see the discussion. That, that, that's true, yeah. So they, well, I mean. Hmm. But there, there are different ways of presenting information. I wouldn't put it in a special presentation that they're actually going to look at. Right. Uh, if I, a recommendation <laughs> comes from us that says, here's the recommendation is made by the committee, however, please note that staff right. said we should do this instead. Right. I mean, the implication there is that these people are dumb and made a wrong decision and you should go with staff. That is the exactly. implication. And that's exactly what happens with planning and zoning. Mm -hmm. And that is the, and that is the implication, exactly. and I agree with Matt entirely. If, if they want to know right. staff scores, mm -mm. They, the city council can absolutely at any point and, email and if, Eric Henbury and say, hey, what did you guys score this at? What was your recommendation? And if planning and zoning right? does do it that way, then my recommendation to planning and zoning would be to do it the way we do it. Right. <laughs> well, right. I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, seeing what happened with, again, Little Creations, and uh, I don't even know. I, in fact, I haven't read the old minutes. I'm going to go back now and read the old minutes because I'm curious as to how that project got funded, to tell you the truth. But, and, and, and I have to say something, that we dealt with it at least one or two meetings before somebody after the meeting told me, yeah, there were questions about whether or not this should have been funded. And that, frankly, really irritated me, that if... There are real concerns about whether or not they had the, the capability to carry out that project. We just created a whole bunch of hard feelings all the way around the place. I hated coming in as a new commissioner and saying, yep, we're going to have to pull funding back on this, you know, not a way to win friends and influence people at all. And I think that if uh, staff are concerned that a really bad decision has been made, I'm sorry, but I, I agree. I think I think they should, a staff member should go to council on that one. I think council should probably override it, you know? To, to be fair, in the well, case regardless. of Little Creations, no money was lost to the Time? To, to, to the city. Staff time was lost? But, but when we were considering the decision, we were balancing, this is an agency that has difficulty, special difficulty getting funds. It serves community members who aren't generally served. And so, and their score was lower, low-ish, but it wasn't dreadfully low. I mean, I think they were scoring like a 60 or so on the 100-point scale. So it's not like there was this agency that was just on fire, you know, that there was just no way they were going to complete a project, and, and we decided to fund them anyway. It was more like... You funded them anyway, a, and they 100% failed. I mean, that's the fact. They 100% failed and, in what they and had And we won't do. have a 100% success rate with, with funding, and sometimes we have to pull money back. I mean... Even some of the, it, even some of the big kids don't always it, get all the houses built they planned on I mean, building. If, or, if we really were going to just... If, if the goal were to eliminate all risk, we would just give all our money to Shelter House all the time. No, that's not true. I mean, that, would, that is not true. Don't even say that. That's a horrible thing to say publicly. That's just not true. I mean, there's always some risk, and we have to take that risk and weigh it against well, I, what we're getting I, for the I'm funds. entitled to my opinion, and I sure. actually agree on that because I that was my very first task on this commission is pulling back funding, and boy, that didn't feel good. A a absolutely, well, and, and nobody likes pulling back funding. I don't mind. And regardless, um, overall, we think that the plan is pretty good. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. So do, are we supposed to make 
come? Are we supposed to deliver something to the council about this? No. Okay. So. We just duked it out among ourselves. Yeah, we just duke it out. But let's not duke it out for another hour. <laughs> let's go on to something else yes. more interesting. Move it on. Uh, do we do we have any additional comments on the action plan? That's crazy. All right, we'll go on to number five. Are you going to do see if there's any public comments? Sorry. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten used to that yet. <laughs> do we have any public comments uh, on the affordable housing action plan draft? I mean, I guess I'm like, looking through it. Things like here's what an individual is able to pay Asking based on the SSI, or like what a single person can pay for like a one bedroom apartment. Whereas we're seeing these prices in Iowa City continually go up because brand new buildings are being built and those have brand new appliances. And I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but would you uh, please state your, your name for the commission? Yeah, my name is Zach yeah. Slocum. You have to come out. Uh, so I'm just curious. Come on up and oh. use my mic. So. Yeah. You got I'm just curious with this new affordable like housing plan, how the city or the council plans on uh, bringing about more affordable housing. Is it through like generating better practices with construction, especially with like the uh, like the city is trying to become more green, so we're taking that into account as well. So like, what is the plans with building brand new constructions and making it affordable to people coming in? Because the city is just growing too, so we're running out of housing as well. Do you have a copy of this? Uh, what is it? This is the actual plan. I have it on my laptop. Okay. Just curious as like what the idea is. How do we plan on building brand new sustainable housing for everybody, especially considering the population is only continuing to rise within our community? And that's a great question to ask the people who put the plan together, which was not mm -hmm. us. Gotcha. Sweet. Sorry. I, mean, I guess that's where I'm at. I, I... And I still come back to what I come yeah. back to all the time. The word affordable, that is so subjective in itself. Right, they have a and, definition. And there are many like. people who don't make enough money to be able to afford the fair market rent, which yep. is what HUD puts out and so many landlords who have obtained you know, tax financing um, for their buildings and then in return they have so many low income units. But if they put it at the fair market uh, rate, rental rate, which right now is $803, yeah. there's a lot of people who can't pay that. Uh -huh. So that's just my two cents about the word affordable. And I'm sorry I hijacked your th train of no, thought. No, not at all. I appreciate the answer. Uh, so then I guess what it is is I would take my concerns towards the organization that put this packet forward and ask them these questions and then bring council 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. city council perfect i mean i will say and matt may actually anybody here i i will say that the if you go through this whole packet yeah. um they did get input from the home builders association they did get i uh, icar input um and there is a lot of discussion about exactly what you're talking about yeah. like how do we put money into um, what, what's it called age age in properties for people who who want to be able to stay and how do you make those changes so they don't have to get pushed out because now they need handicap but they're in an older yeah. there's a lot of discussion about that and recommendations made to council in this packet for that a lot of development recommendations that address those same kind of issues well like we were talking about getting rid of that affordable housing location model that says well you can only build in these specific spots but mm -hmm. instead um, I think the addition of, what do they call them, additional ADUs? 
uh, like the addition of ADUs, additional dwelling units, which mm. like your old mother-in-law type quarters. Right. Uh, right now, Iowa City has a very restrictive policy. Like you have to be owner occupied. It has to be in the property. It has to be attached. Okay. Um, making some allowances for that kind of stuff is addressed in the packet. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd give you this copy if you want a print copy. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. It's a lot easier to look at than scrolling through 143 pages mm -hmm. uh, online. So. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You just wanted to get rid of that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> Could you make me a copy? No, I'm just teasing. Yep, I sure can. Yeah, I can. I'm going to show up at your office, but... Uh, do we do we have any additional public comment on the action plan? Right. Well, we'll go on to number five. This is a uh, we're looking at the bylaws and we're discussing a um, potential amendment to hold on Article Four, Section B. It, it's the the list of um, uh, requirements that we have for members and. The, the proposal came from Becky, and, and I'll turn it over to Becky to say a word about it, but I think our our boundaries here is that we we can't vote on it yet, and I think the reason is because it has to appear on two agendas. Probably. Yeah, so... Um, Bylaws are like that, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll turn it over to Becky. You can say a word about it, and then we can have a discussion. Probably we would be looking at... Um, uh, hammering out the the language of the of what we would want to discuss at the next meeting, or what all of you would discuss at the next yeah. meeting. Yeah. Um, so it, so the issue is um, Article Four, Section B, under membership. But I and then I but I want to briefly talk afterwards about um, Section A of that same article, um, which is something we referenced about expenses. Um, so. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, so this is where the section B talks about um, the specific appointments of individuals, uh, at least one person with the expertise in finance. Um, uh, when possible, commissions shall include one person who receives rental assistance. Um, and I thought that I had seen something else where uh, they wanted somebody, um, and Kaya, I, I know your background is in um, housing also, and I think um, that's helpful too. I've learned actually quite a bit um, from you. And uh, so um, these, from what I can see, were amended in 2017, which was about five years ago. I, I'm not sure that they've been done since then. Staff, do you think so? Um, I, I would um, suggest that we consider adding a person with nonprofit management experience. And that is because um, this commission in the past 10 years, I cannot remember when Linda Severson had the responsibilities of age agencies, but when, upon her death, um, the city moved it to the Housing Community Development Commission, and it's kind of gone through phases of, of how it gets managed. And I think it's helpful to have somebody from the non, with a nonprofit background um, on here um, uh, because there are unique um, um, circumstances, uh, unique um, 
learning that somebody has with a nonprofit, and we and a lot of our work is is in terms of making decisions about um, nonprofit um, budgets and funding um, approvals. So that's what I would recommend. Um, so I'll let you discuss that before I ask about A. Yeah. Um, what I, do the bylaws currently require? Uh, Are there any current member requirements? Mm -hmm. I couldn't yeah. find yeah. a copy of them. Uh -huh. Thanks. Or B. Yeah, the, the, the current bad. ones, there, there's a requirement right that there be a person who receives rental assistance. Uh, let me see what the other ones are and make sure I, I get them exactly when right. Possible. When possible. When, yeah, it, yeah they're, they're all contingent. They're all, they're all when possible. Yeah, um, uh, expertise in construction, expertise yeah. in finance, and rental assistance. I don't know that we fulfill the expertise in construction requirement right now. It is contingent. Excuse but. me. Oh, okay, we do. <laughs> and um, for, for, for Becky, one, one question I have is, um, uh, I mean, you obviously don't see this as overlapping with expertise in finance. So what you're looking for is not finance expertise. No, uh. no, I think it's different. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll point out um, when we did emergent agency awards, I actually think I was the only one that had questions, but one of my big questions was with regard to the lack of submission of any funding from other municipalities or other sources. And it looked like 100% of the funds were gonna come from Iowa City to do work in Johnson County. And, and I think that's just something I can easily identify because I, mm. you know, I've done so many applications, I mean, I've 40 years worth of these kinds of things. So I do think it's helpful having somebody, um, I think it's helpful having somebody from uh, nonprofit uh, management experience, um, you know, hopefully you get somebody who's, who's had to apply, who's written um, funding requests, um, somebody who's had some approval of them also. So um, I think it's just helpful. It gives a different perspective. Have you done that, Becky? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have too, yeah. lots, federal and private and, yep. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that they have to, but if there's a couple of people the council's considering and there isn't a person, the council might sway to this person has this background and so let's, let's appoint this person to the commission. I agree with, with you on this, that I think it would be very beneficial to this commission um, to have that kind of expertise. So, because we do have a special understanding of all the inner workings and day-to-day -day things of nonprofits, and we can take a look at, um, I think, in a, in a more unique way, um, what the strengths are in terms of completing projects that they're applying for funding for. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question, a related question. Can Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, okay, um, I was just wondering, and I'm not sure if this would be a role of the commission um, or a role of the staff, but I guess my question is about folks bringing that, that kind of nonprofit managerial experience. When the agencies are applying, um, especially I'm considering kind of the emerging agencies, kind of how much support the commission or the staff um, gives those applicants in in the, pro in the application process um, in terms of kind of grant application fluency. You know, I think a lot of folks don't have that, but might in fact have, you know, not capacity to submit the best grant application, but the capacity to do the project that they're proposing is fine. <laughs> you know, they can do it. Um, and I was just wondering if, 
if folks on this commission offer support of that kind to prospective applicants, and I think having folks with that experience in kind of support roles for prospective applicants could be great. So I guess it's a question and a statement. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you that there's not much. I mean, I don't think any of us do that, but there's not much going on in the community either. They used to do some leadership trainings that kind of five or six years ago, they kind of um, went away. I thought Community Foundation was going to do some training surrounding grant applications and being on the other side of it too. Um, you know, help and how do, how do I make decisions about um, funding because we have lots of community folk. But I don't see us, I don't look for uh, a typo doesn't bother me, a, no. that I have to ask a question doesn't bother me. I, I don't think we're that kind of a group and I don't, I don't believe the agencies feel like that also well, that I never felt once if I made a mistake that I could <coughs> explain it during the process and and have the mistake kind of go I didn't lose sleep over it. let me let me put it like that well, so and, and you guys think, offer training right yeah before the applications are due yeah, so that, not to aid to agencies I don't think do you no, that's oh. through the joint funding process. But oh, typically, yeah. if we do CDBG at home or some of the other programs, yeah. we do like a workshop or an orientation. I don't think it would be our role. I don't think it would be our role to provide support on application preparation and then decide who's going to get the money. Right. Because we would be, sure. I mean, that's sort of. But that, if someone that calls, gets muddy, yeah. they if someone call calls the to ask a question, you guys, I mean, I've oh, heard yeah. you talk about numerous mm -hmm. people you've had sure. conversations with sure. and help them through the process. I mean, yes. staff is absolutely there to help anybody who's working on an application. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So. And I wouldn't mean directly that anyone sitting here would go have coffee with someone and okay, help them write their application. But well, I might have coffee with them, but I'm not going to tell. tell I'm not going to review their application. <laughs> but more about kind of creating an opportunity for some literacy around that process. And I guess I think it would be additive if someone had done that and could bring, you know, that kind of. A person in that role that you're requesting here would, I think, be positioned to know what was needed to develop that kind of fluency and, the, the, I don't know. A question about language that might help you um, have a final draft of this. Are you, are you looking for another when possible clause here? Or are you looking yeah. for a hard, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fine with me. Can I yeah. throw a secondary wrench into that equation? Yeah. I mean, at that point, can we also say whenever possible, a member shall come from the private sector residential property management side of things? I think no. that would be good. I'd oppose. Of course, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. I'm not going to vote. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that these are the people that I learned from. I learned from, uh, I don't have expertise. I have my little area, but but I have learned some, some things sitting on this commission about um, other, from other people. So I'd support that too. Um, if there's a third, you know. I mean, if you were looking for categories, the one that jumped out to me, the, the, the group that I think uh, I, I've learned a lot from on the commission and is an expanding member of the community, uh, an immigrant seat on the commission is, 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 is uh, a group that I would include. I, I think this commission should always have an immigrant. Yeah, can we do that? Well, I don't know I, if we can or not. It's just, it, that, that would be the. Yeah, I may touch on that when I talk that. about yeah, Section A a little bit. We can let's talk about um, diversity. Um, Section A. When we talk when Section we talk eight. Section A, I just don't, don't want to. Oh, okay. I have a tendency to, to put forward now. all of my things, and I'm trying to hold back. <laughs> 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 um, 
But I mean, it sounds like the proposal is, uh, it's pretty clear what it is. I mean, you're proposing to add a, when possible, the commission includes not someone with uh, expertise in nonprofit management. And Kyle, what did you say? I mean, private sector residential property management. Yeah, yeah and that, that might be a proposal let's, let's as well. Add those. Well, I mean. I mean, that's what I did too. Can you explain? Uh, private sector? Can you explain uh, why? Doesn't and I kind of have a, a question for staff as well. Uh, is the idea that, that you want to kind of sketch these out and then have the the, the commission vote on them I mean, at the I next think, meeting? No. You I don't. think for profit, I guess is what I'm thinking. Like, That's what there needs thinking. to be more discussion yeah. at the next yeah. meeting. Yeah, I, I think you saying, can continue to yeah. talk about it. Okay. But you can't vote until the next meeting. But if you're not ready to vote by the second meeting, that's fine, too, if you want to keep fleshing it out. Okay. Okay. So can you help me okay. understand why um, a private sector property management? Well, Mary, Mary and I are kind of having a side conversation over there because it doesn't really define what I think. I So we have not done anything with this in the two years I've been on. But part of this discussion, part of what we're supposed to do is occasionally look at the policies and procedures of the Iowa City Department, like Housing Department and Inspection Department, hmm. and make recommended oh, so recommendations. Housing Authority. Hmm. And I, I, no, what does it say? Not the Building Department. The, the Housing Inspection. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, the Housing Stands Group. <laughs> I just call it Stands Group. But that's supposed to be part of our responsibilities as well, is like to go over those regularly and make recommendations. And, and we haven't done any of that, but... No, it's not. It's Public Housing Authority and Community Development Division. Yeah, so it's not Okay, but if, hold on. On the main page, it also says, um, to recommend to city council from time to time amendments, supplements, changes, and modifications of the Iowa City Housing Code. Okay. So, which, which to me, uh, I mean, is what I'm dealing with on a daily basis, whether it's how many square feet of occupancy we need or how many parking spaces we have in order to get four people in a house versus three or how many times a year, you know, if you live in a house that has four or more units, you don't get inspected but every two years. But if you live in a duplex or a single pro family property, we are now having inspections every year. I mean, you know, and we've had that discussion here, which it all ties into affordability. You know, landlords who right. landlords have seen their inspection costs, their cost from housing inspections double in the last three years because just they're coming through more and more often. Um, you know, when we're talking about people building properties, it's way easier to build it in Corville because they inspect your place once and then don't show up again unless there's a complaint. I mean, it's a whole different model in Iowa City. So I, okay. so I, so I guess, I mean, and I guess, Marianne, even, even if we are talking about private sector, even if it is somebody like that was doing that a nonprofit, because you guys dealt with this as well, and I know Johnson, I mean, uh, the Iowa City Housing Fellowship as well, where you guys were dealing with inspections and, oh, yeah. you know. So that's where I was thinking of, just someone that's not just managing a nonprofit, not someone who's just building buildings or handling the finance side, but someone who is literally day-to-day -day in the trenches with inspectors on site at these properties I mean that's I'm doing that 10 to 12 hours a week now mm -hmm. 10 to 12 hours a week on properties responding to the whims of City Council if you know suddenly on the north side somebody wants you know wants a beautification process let's to do happen. let's so, do uh, I don't if, know how the wording would be if but. possible if you're, because you're specifically talking about rental housing, so you're not talking yeah, about right. owner-occupied housing right, yeah. or or shelter or, you know, 
that stuff. So you could say, when possible, a property manager. But it doesn't have to be private sector, because that implies for-profit. Right, yeah. It to doesn't you, have to be. To yeah, and it doesn't have to be. You're right. But I mean, even if it's Iowa City Housing Fellowship, or like you said. I mean, that, or, but the Housing Fellowship is a private corporation. Right, right, yeah. We're not, we, but they, it's not a for-profit. Right. Right, yeah. Right. No, I mean, I, yeah, or, or, or even just property management. We could just say that. 501c3 is a tax status. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's income tax. It's not property tax. It's yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd be fine with just using the phrase property management. I mean, I think that when covers... Yeah, when, yeah, it's all impossible. Car Carol, so. I, I think uh, Carol. Uh, Carol wanted to jump in. Yeah. I heard you say, um, as part of a rationale for minimizing um, the number of inspections, is that, you know, well, unless the, a complaint comes up. But speaking from a renter's... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not used. I'm, I'm just not, pointing out that that's the difference between Coralville and Iowa City right yeah. now. Is no earlier you said this. No, I, I just I was pointing out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, yeah. The only thing I was going to say about this is, is that low-income renters, especially the lowest lowest of the income, um, won't make a complaint because they need their housing. Right. Yeah. And if they complain there's the chance of retaliation is, is very high. And so a lot of times renters won't complain about something even if it's a really um, major issue. Right, and, and I was not making that recommendation okay. for that for Iowa City. Okay. What I was pointing out is up until two years ago, every property was on, an, everything in Iowa City was on an every two year inspection schedule. Mm -hmm. And then two years ago they switched to just single family and duplex being every year mm -hmm. so it, it purely a issue of increased cost increased manpower especially for me in the property management side it's not just the rental permit fee you know my owners then i have to raise my fees because now i'm having to do twice the amount of work so those rental property owners have to raise rents in order to cover both my additional fees for time and I, I was just simply, I was pointing out that those are the kind of differences that we, that are important to have a discussion here when we are talking about affordable housing because those things do add up. And, and so I just would like to see that voice being heard Actually, when possible. Both, both, what you both had to say is really interesting to me, not being a housing person. Oh, it's, so, yeah. um, I, I, I didn't really know that. Um, and well, if it's I, something that the could have been caused by the tenant, yeah. and the tenant's very low income, right. then that cost of repair could be passed on to the tenant, right. which they may not have the money for. So right. that could be one way. One example I'll give is a rental place that I was in where I was very happy because the rent was something that was reasonable right. and actually was priced below um, what similar um, rentals were. There became a problem with a pl the plumbing, which was a major issue. Um, and it was determined after two or three days that it was not um, anything that I had done. It wasn't a, you know, the, the renter's responsibility. It actually had something to do with the property being very old and tree uh, roots. Oh, yeah, roots doing things and um and then it being plugged up you know by where the city hooks on but the landlord wanted to raise my rent because 
you know, by golly, he had to spend six hundred dollars on these people. So, I mean, that Contact sort of thing lesson. happens. Yeah. Right. Next, I, you know, I don't know if that's <coughs> out of context with what we're talking about, but that sort of thing happens. Yeah. I, I think it's well, all regardless, helpful we can, information, you know, yeah, we can, to hear. We can add that. I don't have any problems with any, any of those to the bylaws, except I would really ask about, can, I think we're better to say, you know, Something about diversity instead of specifically an immigrant, because I'm not sure. Well, I, I won't address I that in A. Can I just finish? Mm -hmm. But we can put anything in here what we what we want, but it all comes down to who applies. Well, and right. you know, we've been experiencing some difficulty, so I'm okay to extend that to, you know, as diverse and as to to point out specific expertise that would be very helpful to the commission. But again, it depends on. I, I think what I would encourage uh, you to do is to sort of sketch out the the possibilities and then you know go through each possibility at the July meeting and uh, do the discussion and uh, and vote uh, wh whether you want to do diversity or, or immigrant is up to you I, I would encourage you to to, to to do an immigrant seat if you if okay. you can because I, I I specifically meant the immigrant experience rather than uh, diversity in, in general can I or can we move on to another section? Yeah. And I, well, I, I, I think. Do so uh, want to move on to A? Because it was, Oh, no. I, I okay. think, I think on, you have I a proposal two. on A, right? Yeah. Well, on A, so I remember we had this conversation, it might have been post meeting with staff, where I thought I had read someplace that there was reimbursements for expenses like parking or something like that. But um, so this is where I got it from, and it's. I think I interpreted it one way, whether or not it means it, means it, but all members shall be qualified electors of city of Iowa City and shall serve uh, as such without compensation, but, but shall be entitled to necessary expenses, including travel expenses <laughs> incurred in the discharge of their duties. So to me, that would be, but I wanna take it a little bit farther and, and further farther and discuss, um, accommodating individuals whether it's somebody who is a it, it, well, let's talk about diverse population who has um, who may have a, uh, a language barrier um, who may have a transportation barrier who may have a child care um, barrier I, I actually think that the city should be encouraging people with, I don't want to say special needs because I think that connotes something different than what I'm saying, but, hmm. but uh, the city should be encouraging diversity, any individual to participate in the commission process. And the city would help with, um, you know, any accommodations that they would need that um, might preclude them um, being on the commission. So mm -hmm. that's where I thought that maybe we could, you know, make a statement about we want to promote, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion, um, you know, of individuals with different kinds of backgrounds, you know, whether that's race or ethnicity or um, so. But or even just a single mom who doesn't have absolutely yeah. somebody who needs childcare assistance. Maybe they need um, they may need thirty bucks to be able to come to a meeting. I mean, 
Is this I, something that other commissions do? Get or anyone get it, else in reimbursed for expenses? Yeah, I know this came up with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It did go to council, and they I, they I believe they opted not to no, provide totally any totally different issue. They wanted to be paid. Um, they wanted a salary, um, and I'm suggesting something entirely different. And I think the city the city should be doing this commission wide, city wide. It shouldn't just be for us. But I do think that it would be helpful. If somebody doesn't have transportation and has to take a bus but can't afford the bus fare, um, why can't the city reimburse for that? I, I'm pretty sure we do that. Okay. I'm pretty that's, sure that's an that's, option. But it would be extending. Uh, what can the city do? And yeah. You know, in it's terms in of other things, does it? Well, I mean, no, but it's traveling it's expenses. I, I think, just traveling. I think the current uh, language would allow it, which is kind of surprising if, to me. I didn't, oh, didn't right. realize it. I love yeah. to read bylaws. And it says I, I including. Them, um, back when they handed them out months ago. Yeah. I mean, Mary Ann points out it says necessary expenses, including, including traveling expenses. Mean, it's so it's not just yeah. traveling. I guess I mean, the argument is someone could easily re send in a re yeah this request. is this is surprising to me but i think the current language would allow for reimbursement for bus travel to hcdc meetings well i'm as pretty well sure as necessary expenses like child care i don't know about other expenses but i'm pretty sure in the time that i've been here there are ways that we can help provide whatever it is a reimbursement for a bus ticket or something like that i, I don't I know exactly how it be works better spelled out in here if, if it's beyond just yeah, travel yeah. expenses but i think that's where that inclusion and it, the yeah. it's not it's not obvious from the current language no, you do kind of have to read into it a bit nope because when i mentioned it i think somebody was surprised i said well, i've read it someplace is that there's some travel reimbursement How about four? Um, i think when we were complaining about the parking mm -hmm. which i've got another complaint for tonight well, that's, that's why i was late <laughs> but that's it's six thirty. you don't have to pay for parking now in the ramps you do no you're not not no, don't you don't no, not at the Chauncey Swan, no. Uh, and you know the know elevator, I think, if the center's locked, is locked. The elevator here? Yeah. Or the one over here? Hmm. No, so I for used it, the one right out oh, here. Oh, yeah, I used it, too. Yeah, I sat in there for a long time hmm. pressing. What oh, floor no, are we on? Oh, no, the door. You just push the door open. But, but I'd, uh, I, I kind of, with yeah. this agenda item, I'd, I'd like to get the, the commission into into good enough shape to where you feel like when you go into next month's meeting, you're, you're ready to have a discussion and, and vote. And so I want to see if we're there. Um, I was going to offer, based on the discussion, we can kind of flesh out something for the packet based on what we've heard today and I can get some details on what that travel reimbursement does include and bring that to the next meeting. Travel plus reimbursement. I mean, what else might the city be willing to do? And I think you got to get that from staff. I don't think we can say this is what we want the city um, to do. So. And what are necessary expenses? I think that's just a good question to ask. Yeah. Because it says necessary expenses, including travel. It doesn't say. Well, and yeah. it may not even be expense, but what if somebody does have a language barrier? Um, you know, will, will the city help in terms of, you know, providing or, interpretation yeah. services or something like that? So okay. Necessary expenses. Hmm. Necessary accommodations, I think, is a better. That yeah. could be. We can accommodate, yeah, we can accommodate translation services. Um, we, Part, we, we can do that. Yeah. Well, Becky just said necessary accommodations, which might... Yeah, paid or unpaid. Um, yeah. So I think for you all in between now and the next meeting might be, you know, talking to, you know, Tracy and or whoever about what, what the city would be willing to do. 
Marianne, what section were you wanting to look at? Well, I have, a se I have a, just a question about section five. Because I was appointed to the committee to fill an unexpired term. And then it says, in such manner that the appointee shall continue in the position not only through the unexpired term, but also through a subsequent regular term. So I had to reapply. I think council tries again. to give you preference if you what? haven't. I think council's pretty good about giving preference to people that didn't get a full term. But you're, yeah, you did have to fill out an application, I guess. Is that what you're asking? Well, it doesn't That's not sound, what that implies. It sounds like I didn't have to reapply. I can ask about it and okay. see. That's how I interpreted that, too. That's what I was thinking. They just like yeah. to see you jumping through hoops. They just want, they just want <laughs> to read my resume one more time. One more time. <laughs> okay. Who is she again? Yeah. Who Did you that? just Who? ask him to there pull out the old one? <laughs> that mouthy woman. Okay. What section is that? It's meeting. Is it meeting? No, it's not meetings. You right said before meeting. 4D or something. Oh, 4D. 4F. It's section or 4F. F. Yeah, okay. 4F. Article 4, Section F. Yeah, it does say that. <laughs> okay, now my... Yeah. <laughs> so that needs to be updated. Hmm. Well, it, it, either, it either needs to be updated or the or council, council needs wrong. to be prodded to, to, to follow it. I think the council <laughs> had the option to choose how they filled your initial term, and I think they must have chosen that short term rather than like a longer term all at once. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's what happened. The way it's worded is they may choose to um, have you oh, continue into the, into the next term. Okay. <laughs> I should have known the council would follow the rules. Uh, so I, I think, uh, Brianna, you're, you're planning to, to put together a kind of list of proposals for everyone to, to have. Draft amendments? I think yeah, I was going to say, I can just write it in red, the changes, and then you can look at it at the next meeting and propose any additional changes and vote on it. I, I assume this would be helpful. It's, it's really the rest of your, your, your call. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Do it, do it. And uh, do we have any other discussion on this topic. All right, number six, Iowa City Council meeting updates. I wrote down that Elizabeth was doing this. Hopefully I wrote down correctly. I did it. <laughs> Woohoo. You ready? Yeah. Um, give me some grace as I'm still learning what is and isn't relevant to the committee as far as updates are concerned. Um, but I'll start with the June 6th meeting. Um, a lot of the public comment was about the recent video circulating of the ICPD using force on a young woman. Um, and I think this is connected to our work in so far as houselessness and rapid development of certain kinds, gentrification, are linked to over-policing. Um, Councilor Burgess was the only member of council to address the incident and to remind the council of their commitment in the summer of 2020 to change the equation regarding law enforcement funding relative to social services funding in our community, which directly impacts the activities here. Um, the council also mentioned in that meeting that inflation is hitting city projects, including those relevant to this committee. Uh, Mivos talked about their constituents' experiences accessing direct payments funded in part by city ARPA funds um, and including barriers to 
uh, completion of the application. Um, and I suspect that some of that direct payment did go to housing for folks experiencing housing insecurity. Elizabeth, in I'm sorry. I'm having trouble understanding you, and yeah. it may just be me, but can you talk a little slower? Sure, yes, I can Thank try. You. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for telling me. Um, the city council voted to deny Catholic Worker House a social and racial equity grant for a Spanish language newsletter and education around political engagement. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Catholic Worker House serves folks experiencing houselessness. Their site, it appears, is now offering showers and food. Um, they used to offer shelter pre-COVID. They also coordinate protective accompaniments for those facing deportation, deportation defense, and basic needs like food and rental assistance, among other things. So that's my update for June 6th. And then meeting two was on Tuesday, this Tuesday, June 21st. Uh, much of the public comment was around preservation of the Robert E. Lee pool, which is related to our work and that it's helpful to consider what kinds of public amenities will or won't exist in neighborhoods where new affordable housing is being developed. Similarly, there were discussions around the bike and pedestrian trail along Highway 6 in southeast Iowa City, um, connectivity there for modes of transportation other than vehicles. Um, and then there were several items related to approval of the fiscal year 23 annual action plan, part of City Steps 2025. And the city passed resolutions based on this committee's recommendations for fiscal year 2023 CDBG and home projects, as well as fiscal year 23 aid to agencies. Um, the council members had questions about why there are so few applications for the Emerging Aid to Agencies grant, which were answered by staff. Um, and uh, staff also noted um, that adjusted for inflation, these programs have lost funding over the years and showed a graph about trends in funding for these programs. Um, the council concluded noting it will be a difficult upcoming budgeting year and that programs should expect their budgets not necessarily to grow in accordance with the kind of stated goals for growth. Um, and that's what I had. Thank you. Good job. Thanks. Thank you. And I believe we are on to number seven, staff updates. Staff. Yeah, we have a couple updates for you. Uh, the next meeting will be July 21st. So at that meeting, we'll do officer nominations since Matt is leaving us. We'll welcome two new members, Zachary and Jennifer. We will review the aid to agencies process, taking a look at the application materials. Um, so HOMARP, we initially intended to have on this agenda. Um, HOMARP money is kind of supplemental funding that the city received, um, somewhat similar to our annual home funding, but um, a larger pot of money with some different rules. Um, we, we got applications in last week and had some IT issues, essentially, and weren't able to fully review them until like today. So we pushed it back a month to give it more time to review. Um, and we're also learning that the state has some home art money, which may require local match. So we want to make sure that our applicants are able to access that state funding. So we might have to consider that in our allocations. So we should have those applications to you ahead of the July meeting for review. A couple other announcements. There's a tentative calendar in the packet that we'll show you when the next meetings are for the next year. I tried to put on what we'll probably talk about, but just keep in mind that that might change. Um, once we have a new chair, I can share the contact information for that person. So if there's agenda items that you guys want to talk about, you can um, bring it up with whoever that may be. 
Um, and it's Matt's last meeting. So Matt and Peter, Peter's not here, but just wanted to say thanks to Matt. I get compliments all the time on what an awesome facilitator you are. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. You, I also, yeah, um, thanks Matt. Thank you. I have to say that Matt said hello to me at the farmer's market and he didn't have a mask on and he was standing up and I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> Next um, month, 21st, 28th? Um, I believe it's the 21st. I have just one more thing. Peter couldn't be here tonight, but he did send an email if it's okay for me to just read a couple sentences here. He said, I know my term is up and I really wish I could be there for a personal farewell, but it's not possible. I wanted to thank city council for giving me the opportunity to be, in par to be a part of this important commission for our city. I learned a lot in the last three years and I hope I made a small contribution. Addressing and improving the needs of low income and underserved people in our community remain very important to me and I will continue to advocate for them anytime I have the opportunity. Thank you to HCDC city staff for your support and thank you to all members of the commission for their wisdom and dedication to our city. Nice. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. His memo about the affordable action plan was really good, really succinct. Yep. So we have a July meeting and not an August meeting. Okay, that won't change because if it does, I'm, I'm not here in August. Okay. There is an... 80% chance I probably won't be here for the July 21st meeting, but oh, so we'll we play it by ear. So we'll only be here for about 45 minutes? <laughs> yes, that's the goal. Um, uh, go ahead. I well, no, I'm going to show up. Be here. I, I will so not. You're going to call in, I know. So. We'll, well we have we do have a vice chair that that's Caleb and Caleb will be facilitating okay. the meeting until you have a chair. Excellent. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Number eight. We can entertain a motion for adjournment. You know, I just have so one more thing real quick. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Second. Second. God. All right.